Arcaborea. Welcome to Yeah But the Podcast. My name is Vivian Gabor, and I have the pleasure of sitting down today with one of London's favorite brightest stars. Everyone, give it up for Tia Kofi. Hi. <laughs> How are you, girl? I'm fabulous after that marvelous introduction. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, how has how has quarantine been treating you? Although I guess you guys you're not really in quarantine anymore, are you? Are you? I don't know. Well, we've sort of had rules <laughs> changing left, right, and center, so it's kind of difficult to keep track of. But we're definitely allowed out of the house. That's good. For now <laughs> we'll see how it goes. How's it been for you? It's not bad. I mean, I rarely leave the house anyway, just because I'm basically a shut-in. So I just go to the grocery store in the park, and that's about it. Oh my goodness. Me too. I've, well, I sort of kept myself to myself. At the start, we were fully locked down. So that mm-hmm. was that was a lot to sort of deal with. But now I'm going for leisurely walks in the park, seeing the, the British countryside. <laughs> no, I live in London. There's no countryside. No, not at all. <laughs> I actually started quarantine in London. That's weird. It feels like forever ago that that happened. But I was. Oh, you... so you were here at the start? Yeah, I was over there. And then I came here, I believe, at the beginning of May. So I had a good like two and two months over there of quarantine. How was that? The... Oh, it was fun. Like the 7 p.m. banging of the pans outside of <laughs> outside your windows and everything. Oh, the clap for the NHS. Yeah. That kind of thing. <laughs> well, we've got to give it up for our National Health Service. Yeah, especially when you have one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's free over here. Are we getting into politics already? No. <laughs> <laughs> this alley? <laughs> Never, no. Um, <laughs> uh, so tell me, I don't think we've ever gotten a chance to talk and, um, just about each other. The only times we've seen each other, like out at bars and such. Um, so tell me a little bit about yourself, about your drag. I only know that you perform at a bunch of clubs and you're part of a girl group. So, well, I think my drag is probably summed up from the first time we met where I, quite stupidly tried to do a stunt on stage and all of my jewelry flew off. It was <laughs> and, and you managed to catch it. <laughs> oh. That probably does sum me up quite a lot. She's very chaotic. Um <laughs> quite a chaotic energy. Um no but I started as you said I started drag in a girl group about five years ago um doing a competition called Drag Idol which is like a nationwide search for the UK's next drag idol. Um, I guess it's probably the closest thing we have to a pageant. Interesting. 
yeah we really don't have the sort of pageant system over here so we we have a lot of competitions for sort of live singers and and drag artists and things like that um so I got roped into that competition by a bar um and that was literally the first time I did drag properly was on stage with the group at that first heat we managed to get to the final and we came second um yeah that that year it was won by um a drag performer called Danny Beard okay uh, who's who's been on Britain's Got Talent since and then uh my group the Vixens we came second and then in third place was a completely unknown drag queen called Something Wong no one no one knows her (laughs) she hasn't done anything since never heard of her (laughs) no not at all so yeah that's how it all sort of kicked off for me and we've been doing bits and pieces we've been dotting ourselves around the bars in the UK and that kind of thing that's awesome um what kind of what I've actually never gotten a chance to see the Vixens perform I've only seen you individually oh you're Um, lucky then you're very (laughs) you've never seen the Vixens (laughs) um I mean I've I think I've met the other two girls who are the other two girls uh so we have Pixie Polite recently renamed she used to be called Dixie Delight and then we learned some things about the word Dixie in light of the Mm. Black Lives Matter movement and we were like we're going to rename. I uh, love so that. Pixie Polite and Woe Adams, the other two members. Um, Woe named herself as Wednesday's child is full of woe. So she is Wednesday Adams's drag daughter. Um, yeah, and we sort of come together. We do a lot of pop girl group style music. So kind of like the little mix of drag, I would say. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. Um do you have little mix like a little mix popular in the states or? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I don't think okay. they're they're as I don't think people are keeping up on them as much as they should be, but they definitely had a moment over here. Okay, well you've lost Fifth Harmony now, so you yeah, <laughs> we should. They're so good. Sure. <laughs> um, and then what about you? When did you come out? Um, tell tell me all about that side of things. Oh, my, like, deep, dark coming out. Deep, dark secrets. I want to hear all the deep, dark secrets. Oh, my goodness. We're getting into it. Um, <laughs> so that was, like, a whole a whole process. Kind of made me, like... I was quite nervous about it, to be honest, because, like, I'm, like, mixed race, so my mum's black, my dad's white, that whole thing. Um, and so I was a bit nervous about it culturally. But um, in terms of drag I sort of told them about the whole like performing as a drag queen thing like I kind of think they're a lot they're a lot older so I think they don't quite understand like (laughs) what it is um because I I did quite a lot of sort of like acting and performing before so I think they kind of think of think of it as um we have a thing over here called pantomime panto (laughs) Um, and there's always the tradition of a panto dame, which is like a man who performs like a female role, whether it's a villain or whatever. I think they think of it as a bit a bit like that, to be honest. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you kind of have to contextualise it in a very British way because it's not something that they're overly familiar with. Mm. Like, surprisingly, my 65-year-old parents have never 
really ventured into a gay bar to watch a drag show. <laughs> so they Pity. did quite click with it. <laughs> yeah. But my sister's there all the time. She That's she good. knows what's up. Very much so. But yeah, that's um something I don't quite get, but there's a there's a loose sort of like understanding within British culture and tradition mm-hmm. of that kind of thing, which is odd and different. Yeah. I it's we definitely don't have anything like Panto over here. Mm. Um I guess the closest would be movies like Mrs. Doubtfire and things like that, but that's not even, I don't know. There's, I don't think there's really a one-to-one connection with anything over here. It's very strange. No, I guess Mrs. Doubtfire is quite a close comparison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's very much a panto dame sort of character. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's strange. Uh, there's so many differences that we have between like drag over here and drag in the U.S. Yeah, well, it's a bit like a pageant, but like, (laughs) well, and like, and I I actually think there are a lot of differences. Like, you most queens over there tend to sing more, we tend to Mm -hmm. lip sync more. Um, there's definitely more of an emphasis on like dancing and big, crazy performances over here and over there. It's like gonna stand here and deliver. Um, it's for sure. (laughs) And like even like costuming and like the whole mm-hmm. aesthetic feels really different because we've got that sort of mm-hmm. British tradition of sort of like big, very set hair with a sequin <laughs> gown and like a, a sort of chicken feather boa mm-hmm. type vibe. And that's our like tradition. Whereas you've got all your queens like whipping the hair with the body suits and all of that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's really hard to find good stretch fabrics over there. Oh, really? I, mean, I only worked as a designer in London for like five months and I had to go to like deepest, darkest, like east, northeast London to find the one shop that sold stretch anything and that it was like five options. So. <laughs> oh, were you were you on Goldhawk Road? Uh, I tried Goldhawk Road um, and there were a couple places that had like spandex. And then I had to, I don't even remember remember where, because there, there are two places that kind of have fabric and both of them are on like opposite ends of London. Mm. So, and I lived like right on the South Bank. So I was right between the two of them. So if one didn't have something, it was like an hour and a half journey over to the other one and then a 45 oh minute journey home. And I was just like. <laughs> I love that. You're right on the South Bank. Fancy. Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Um, so are you born and raised London or did you share ish ish so I'm actually from Essex okay um but like right right on the border of London so I sort of had the experience of feeling like a Londoner but I am at heart an Essex girl which I I don't know if you know a lot about Essex but there are some stereotypes that go along with it i know a few of them isn't that where um uh amy winehouse is from i think amy's more of a camden girl oh okay essex so apparently like... no <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not essex is like so we've got a show called the only way is essex which is kind of like our version of the hills if okay you the hills um mm-hmm. and it's all like bleach blonde hair like nails done fake tan 
white stilettos. Like that's oh, the yeah. kind of the kind of energy of a typical Essex girl. Think think Cheryl Hole. Okay. The <laughs> She's the perfect example of an Essex girl. Got it. I was gonna say your your accent, not to call attention to accents because I don't normally do that, but your accent sounds a little bit posher than a typical London accent. So <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a compliment. <laughs> I appreciate that. I think it's just been drilled out of me over time. I never really had that sort of like Londony Essex accent. But then I guess like my mum and dad don't sound like sound like that because they're not from from Essex. So I guess I just got it from them. <laughs> um, so English drag, tell me more. Tell me more about like where you perform, um, what what crowds are like, kind of what is expected of drag queens over there. Oh my God, I love this. I'm just here being like, but I want to hear about American drag. <laughs> um, I guess like, it's very different. Like the, the one thing I think people always talk about is we don't have that tipping culture. Mm. So like you're really performing to the to the crowd obviously you get your fee and stuff from the venue but like it's it's a full hour at least so you do an hour-long show you're the only actor that's on stage um (laughs) sometimes people bring on guests and stuff but they do their 15 minute slot but like traditionally people do sort of 45 minutes to an hour there are a lot of queens so i perform at a venue called halfway to heaven um most Saturdays, or I used to before lockdown <laughs> took all the gigs away. But um the Vixens perform there every Saturday. And before us we have um a queen called Rose Garden who's been doing it for years. Uh, not that I'm calling her old, but she is. <laughs> um, but she does I think she starts her show at five and it finishes it's supposed to finish at seven, but I think it usually finishes at about eight. Oh my so that's God. like three hours and she does like one or two breaks to change costume in between. So we're like, it's a long slog. I can't but- even imagine. <laughs> what's, what are the sets like for you though? I mean, normally, so the the types of shows that I, I started doing over in Seattle, a little bit different than shows in New York, but in Seattle, I would I would host a show. So I would open the show with a number and then I would generally have two to three guests who would each do two to three numbers. Um, and then I'd do a number to bring people back from whatever break we took. And then I would do a number to close. And then I was kind of on stage here and there to like introduce people. Or if I was like changing or something, I'd just introduce them on mic from the dressing room. Um, <laughs> always fun. Um, but yeah, it's definitely much more kind of variety show-esque, at least over there with the, the in terms of the number of guests and things like that. And then in New York, it's usually like two or three girls um, who are a set cast who will do like an hour to two hour show where they just kind of rotate and do a couple group numbers and stuff. Oh, wow. So it's like completely different to here. Yeah, I can't even imagine being on stage by myself for two hours. Like, I don't know what how I would keep people interested. Oh, God, same. And yeah, <laughs> yeah here I am. Like, literally, we'll, we'll do like, um, there are venues, like, the, you know, the two brewers in Clapham, which mm-hmm. is a very sort of iconic LGBTQ plus venue. Um, they, before 
before the lockdown and um, they had sort of midnight shows that were an hour an hour and a half so you're sort of coming on stage at midnight everyone's definitely had a beverage or two at that point mm-hmm. so you're not only are you on stage on your own for an hour you're also contending with sort of rowdy crowds and all mm-hmm. of that kind of thing so the skill set is you're singing you're entertaining you're doing comedy and occasionally security as well, depending on how drunk they are. Oh yeah, I definitely, I used to host karaoke twice a week and I would find the the karaoke stand was like raised up from the rest of the bar so I could kind of mm-hmm. see everything while the like bartenders couldn't and the guy at the door couldn't really see anything because he was usually outside taking like IDs and stuff. And so I would find that I'd be the one on my mic like, calling people out in the corner hey you stop cornering her she doesn't she obviously doesn't want to talk to you <laughs> like, it's hey, very not. why are you so drunk this guy's way too drunk stop serving him like <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird thing i think that's a weird thing with karaoke though like very specifically <laughs> karaoke attracts drunk people and no one else yeah and it's always like the very very drunk guys who can't sing but they want to impress everyone anyway Mm-hmm. And they're just like, I'm going to go next, right? And you're like, there are 12 people that signed up before you. So no. Well, Absolutely not. here's $5. Can I go next? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll keep the $5. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> or you get the like one or two people who are like very serious about their karaoke. Like they'll come every mm-hmm. week. You know their songs. I know um, something used to host karaoke at the Admiral Duncan. And there are a few mm-hmm. people there who came with their own CDs. Like they like a a full like pressed like CD ready oh with their own, own arrangements and own key of the song. Um who That's are very, too very much. serious. Part of the fun <laughs> of karaoke is not having the right key and being like, we're just gonna do this anyway, folks. <laughs> right? Literally that. But like it was occasionally like it often often they they brought them because it was songs in like their like native languages and stuff mm, okay. which i always found very camp i was like that's nice you're bringing like a cultural flavor mm-hmm. <laughs> to this drunken mess of a karaoke <laughs> session and i appreciate it i mean especially at the admiral duncan because that place like at least around midnight or so you can't you can no longer even get in because it's usually just like shoulder to shoulder I remember one time I went to visit some something and like basically I just shoved people out of the way to get to the front to just oh be like, God. hi, I'm leaving now. <laughs> it's literally a corridor. Like uh-huh. there's like no room in there at all. Oh, but it's, it's another one of the sort of like iconic venues. It's on mm-hmm. Old Compton Street in Soho, which is like very much the LGBT hub yeah. of London. So even though oh, it I is a corridor, it, it's <laughs> iconic. Oh, I miss London so much. <laughs> when can you come back? When are you going to come back? Um, when the border is open and I have extra money. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as that happens. As soon as that happens, just booking the tickets. Norwegian Air keeps teasing me and being like, well, if you want to buy tickets for March, they're less than 400 round trip. I'm like, stop it. I don't have the money right now. Stop doing this to me. Oh, no. Well, we need to encourage everyone listening to uh, purchase your wares as you do <laughs> some iconic drag costumes that are yes. fabulous for uh, 
performance. <laughs> Just so, so I, I plugged it. So <laughs> perfect. Yeah. And website forthcoming. <laughs> <laughs> Just website so I can visit things. London again. <laughs> yeah. You can just go on Instagram. You can see them all there. Mm-hmm. Do you, are you working at all during quarantine? Oh, not much. I think <laughs> we've done three shows in the whole time. We sort of did, did a bit of a, uh, a digital drag moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Vixens were doing their regular Saturday shows on Instagram. Um, nice. But that sort of dried up because... It's really difficult to do because two of us live together and then the other one doesn't. So mm. we couldn't be in the same room. We couldn't do all our songs together and all of that kind of thing. So it was really hard. Um, but since things have opened up a bit, I've had I've had three shows, but they've all been magical. I've had a lovely time. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like digital drag had its moment and then people are all like, This is a lot of work and we're not getting paid at all for it. <laughs> yeah it was like we want to keep we want to keep the drag alive and then eventually we were like we can just she can have a nap for now we'll come back <laughs> i'll just take her. a couple months off it's okay <laughs> yeah a little break but i mean it was pretty innovative because i think drag performers were the only people who sort of took to that platform mm-hmm. and then since then like literally in the last month suddenly like We've got like, oh, this, like, bringing up Little Mix again. Look at me. Yeah. Little Mix doing their, like, digital drag, well, digital pop experience. And it's like, yeah. we already did this. <laughs> like, you're so behind. <laughs> All the straight people are suddenly like, wait, we could do, like, table readings and stuff on Zoom. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Like, you're welcome. We figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> we, we already did this and got bored. And now you're <laughs> It's all those sort of, like... um yeah corporate events and things suddenly they're doing like fun socials on zoom and we're like mm-hmm. yeah we're allowed out again now so <laughs> are you are you allowed out are you allowed to roam or we are and we're um restaurants have opened they're allowed to have like um tables outdoors and stuff we there's no indoor yeah. seating um but actually for, for a friend's birthday we went to a restaurant um and sat outside and it felt so weird to take my mask off outside I was just like I feel so dirty like I'm exposing something that no one's supposed to see <laughs> like a like a burlesque yeah routine <laughs> oh my god burlesque is about to get so much more fun because everyone's just gonna start with masks on and peel them off <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for all the new drag mixes mixes that just have the phrase I'd like to keep it on, please. <laughs> we'll see of that. Happening. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think masks are going to be part of fashion for the next couple of years, even if they aren't necessary anymore. Mm. Well, I think people have gotten used to them. I kind of like that. Place where I'm like, yeah, I'm like, why wasn't, like, people are gross. Why wasn't I wearing these the whole time? Yeah, it makes me feel a whole lot safer outside. And it's also like, I I don't know. When I'm not in makeup, I don't feel particularly attractive. So if I cover half of the face, that's half less attractive. Oh, okay. <laughs> <You're gorgeous. laughs> Absolutely not. But uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. And now I'm just yeah, especially- all these beautiful burlesque like nude fabric with lace on them. Hmm. <laughs> 
Like it's fully like it's it's just an ex- extra accessory. Mm-hmm. Just something else to throw on. Yeah, and one we can't take off Coco Chanel. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I think. I'm- Am I having a signal issue? Have I just ruined everything for everyone? Can you still hear me? I can still hear you just fine. Are we still here? Uh Uh-huh. Oh. I think my internet might have just failed for a second. Oh, no. Are we back? Okay. Oh, no. There we go. Okay, there we go. Are we here? There we go. We're good. Okay. We're good. Sorry. The, the the other cultural difference questionable internet oh my internet is very oh. questionable the the router is on the other side of the apartment i'm like as far away as i can get from the router and there's no like landline i'm i'm so not used to this new reality where there's no like plug for the internet it's just all wi-fi <laughs> i feel old oh yeah I I remember the days of dial-up internet. I miss the sounds that it used to make. <laughs> like, do you remember when you used to have a land... Well, I, I feel like I'm showing my age now, but do you remember you used to have a landline phone and then mm-hmm. you couldn't use the phone when you went on the internet? Yeah. Hey, could you get off the phone? I need to look something up on the internet. <laughs> right? They, honestly, the, the kids today, they don't, they don't even remember having a Nokia 3310 with WAP technology. Remember <laughs> WAP? I don't, but I definitely had a Nokia, like the little Nokia brick, mm-hmm. the kind of phone that you could like throw across the room and it wouldn't do anything. It would just be like, what? Yeah, it's fine. And you can get your <laughs> clip on cases. WAP yes. was the name for like, b- before, before... Cardi made it a different thing. <laughs> WAP was what like the internet was. So you used to have to like click like a thing. Yes. Oh my God. You, yes. You could only like Google like two things and then like you'd already spent like a hundred pounds. Yeah. It was so <laughs> expensive. I remember there being the internet bu- button and my dad saying, don't you dare press that button. Yeah. I'd be like, but I want to check something. No, you are not allowed to check the internet on your phone. That's too expensive. literally oh god or the first time i got a a background for my phone screen that was in color that was a a, big deal it was a full cultural shift like that moment (laughs) don't even get me started on when snake 2 came out i was like (laughs) game game changer (laughs) oh my god oh and recovered memory that that um wallpaper that very first in color wallpaper i got was Mm. when the first fantastic four movie came out they had wallpapers for them and i got the one that had chris evans in it oh my god (laughs) talk about relevant (laughs) literally chris evans with his lack of social media prowess (laughs) (laughs) how did that happen did you see the clip i haven't Okay, so basically what happened was he posted a video, like he like screen recorded his phone mm-hmm. to play a video and then he posted it into his Instagram story. And when it was just like a video of his family and then when the video minimized, there was just like a dick pic sitting in his album. <laughs> and he didn't notice it and posted it. <laughs> Stop. It was so good. It was so good. And oh. then... My favorite part of it was literally 
so that happened two days ago and then yesterday his brother who's gay and has the greatest sense of humor posted on twitter and was like so i was off social media all day yesterday anything big happened yeah. <laughs> i saw that oh gosh so good Can you imagine you know the best thing about that part is like if it was right in his gallery it must have been a recent photo mm-hmm. like so who was he, he just... flirting with right he took like like 10 minutes before <laughs> so oh. good I'm guessing the video is deleted now. Um, it is, but you could absolutely Google it. I love how, I love how whenever one of these scandals happens, everyone's just like, "Can you send me the link? Can you send me the link?" It's like, do you not understand how Google works? <laughs> Literally, like, it's the easy. You just type it in, and boo, it's there. Like once it's on the internet, it doesn't go away. So, oh yeah, many people will have screen recorded that. <laughs> oh yeah. But if they've screen recorded that and then they post that, will they accidentally leak their news Ooh. from their screen recording? <laughs> Is it just an ever looping cycle? <laughs> just people. <laughs> That'd be amazing. It becomes the new meme of people being like, oh, didn't mean to show that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Me? Never. <laughs> I would never intend to do that. <laughs> Literally. Oh, Waiting Chris. for you, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> oh, agreed. Agreed. <laughs> to be honest, all all the Hollywood Chris's, I except for Chris Pratt, everyone else, <laughs> all of the other ones. <laughs> What's wrong with Chris Pratt, other than his like weirdly fundamentally Christian views? But Th- that I mean, that's it. He's also just not my my favorite of all of them. But oh, he's and until I learned about his ideologies, he was yeah. like definitely like top two for me. <laughs> I liked him when he was with Anna Ferris. Like I was like, okay, I'm here for this. Anna Ferris is like my queen. We're good. And then they got divorced, and I was like, nope. I she got me in the divorce. Sorry. <laughs> you part of the settlement. Apparently, <laughs> I'm that important. I think Chris might have got me. It depends if he re- returns to like dad bod territory. Mm. Then I'm here for it. When he's all like. Jurassic Park, like, muscled out. I'm like, no, thank you. This is too much. It doesn't suit you. Uh, yeah, but they're all good. I I can't really fault him because Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows, so. Whatever. I might revisit that, actually. Well, you should. I've always got time. <laughs> right? well. I, I fall asleep to it every night. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm one of those, I have to have sound in order to fall asleep, and it has to be something I'm not, like, focused on. Mm. And I've watched it so many times that I don't need to look at the screen anymore, so I just press play on Parks and Rec and fall asleep. <laughs> my my fall asleep thing at the moment is very niche. It's uh, There's a soap maker on YouTube called Royalty Soaps. Yes! I, I love Royalty love, Soaps! Right? Kate, shout out to Katie from Royalty Soap. <laughs> like, love her. I'm learning about all the different micas that you can use to color soaps. Thinking about getting my like kit to like top off my soaps. I'm not messing around with any of that melt and pour because I'm ready for my my lye water solution. <laughs> like, bitch, I'm basically a soap maker at this point. Like, Perfect. 
<laughs> Perfect. Send me a sample when you make some. <laughs> Absolutely. This this next section is all about soap making. <laughs> we'll, we'll I love taking a deep dive. I love that the the biggest thing that this quarantine has done for all of us is like given us hobbies again. Oh, right. Because all of us were just so busy and like running around like chickens with our heads cut off, just like going crazy doing everything else that we forgot that we can do things for fun. Mm. And like I got clay and started working on modeling clay and I started painting again and I've started journaling and like I actually have hobbies for the first time in years. Okay, you've got like real hobbies. <laughs> and it's all thanks to YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> Like, the hobby that I discovered from <laughs> quarantine is watching stuff I never would have watched on Netflix and my Doctor Who colouring in book. Yes! Perfect. That's two layers of niche. It's Doctor Who and it's colouring in like a primary school <laughs> child. Like Perfect. Which Doctor? Oh, it's got all of them. Ooh! <laughs> all of the doctors in our colouring in book. <laughs> but I am a massive Doctor Who nerd, so... Is oh, that big okay. over there? So, oh, I mean, it is for some of us. <laughs> I, I'm not a good representative sample because I definitely grew up in an Anglophilic household. But, um, like, I grew up watching the BBC before I watched anything modern in America. Oh, really? Um, oh, yeah. Vicar of Dibley is one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> well, I feel like this is why, maybe that's why you're a good host because you've got that like <laughs> British comedy Probably. like all running through there. Very dry sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. Do you love the Vicar of Dibley? Big fan. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. That iconic moment of uh, Geraldine jumping into the puddle. Oh my god, so good. That was that was like the very last season of it too when she finally got a boyfriend that actually appreciated her. It was such a great moment. Anyway. <laughs> Are we um, getting too niche? No, I mean, we might be. <laughs> but Doctor Who, tell me, who is your first Doctor? So I only started, so my basically my dad's a massive nerd. So I was like raised Perfect. on like nerdy stuff. But I only started watching it when it came back in 2005. Okay. So I started with Christopher Eccleston and I was like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me in my whole life. <laughs> Not only do I have former pop star Billy Piper back <laughs> on my screen, but um, I've got a fun story about Billy Piper. Um, but I've Ooh. also got all this like nerdiness and everything. Um, but I'm a massive Matt Smith fan. I think he's my favorite Thank one. Thank you. Thank you. And it's not I because his news also leaked. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a Google afterwards. Um, but it, I just. Like he's just all over the place and that kind of chaotic energy. Yeah, <laughs> I drag, so. well, I think I so I started my first season was I think that was season five was his first season. Yeah, the new ones, I think so. Yes. Um, and yeah, it was season five because Tenant had three seasons. Um, and that was my first season. So, like, the very first people I met were the Pawns and Matt Smith. Oh, and I just right. fell in love with them. And so anyone else after that, I was just like, I don't, I don't care. I mean, I love Rose and I love David Tennant and I love Eccleston and I love everyone else. But the Pawns will always have that special place in my heart. And I, oh my God. Absolutely. I could not deal with Clara when she started. 
because I was just like, how dare you try to replace Amy? <laughs> like, how dare you? Absolutely <laughs> not. Like, Amelia Pond, Amy Pond is is my drag aesthetic. Oh, That's yeah. just a fact. Like, everything that I want to be is just like, I want to be ginger and I want to wear leather jackets. Like, Yes! <laughs> and then when, when Matt Smith regenerated into Peter Capaldi, I was like, I can't. I'm done with Doctor Who. This is, <laughs> I'm done. And I, I fully took, like, a good three or four year break from watching Doctor Who because I just, I couldn't handle it. <laughs> it was too much. But you back into it now. Have you been watching any of uh, our our female doctor um i was watching the penultimate season when i was over there but it's not available for free over here and i don't pay for the specific services to watch it so i haven't been able to continue watching it but i was watching i watched up through i think most of her first season Mm. and i quite enjoyed her she's a lot of fun she is. She's got like David Tennant energy about her. She's a little Very bit more so. childlike, I guess. After mm-hmm. Peter Capaldi's Doctor, so you can't watch like BBC iPlayer or anything like that over in the states. No, we don't have iPlayer. The only way we can watch those is uh, Amazon Britbox, I think. Or if we Ooh. get if we have the BBC, like I think, I think there is a BBC America app, mm. but it's. And costs money and I don't want to pay for it <laughs> oh, you're saving up for your ticket back to the UK exactly <laughs> and then you can watch it on iPlayer just move back to the UK just to watch Doctor Who <laughs> <laughs> I mean there are worse things to do Absolutely, I'm a big fan <laughs> so what is your Billy Piper story I'm curious now I need to know I love Billy Piper oh my goodness so I have this like I really love her because she is a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. And my friend got me these tickets to see Azealia Banks mm-hmm. in Brixton. This is Azealia Banks before she did that what? Whole Before she went off the deep moment. end. <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> she was cancelled. We went to see her and I was like, well, this is niche, but we'll go and see Azealia Banks. Camp birthday present. Why not? Love 212. We'll sing along. Um, I turned round and Billy Piper was stood like directly behind me. I freaked out. I was like, Rosie, Billy Piper is stood right behind (laughs) my friend. Kept turning round and being like, oh my God, it's actually, it is Billy Piper. And she left and I was like, oh my God, I must have scared her off. This is so weird. Like, I can't believe I was that person. Got so stressed about it. I was like, We've, I need to go for a cigarette. I can't believe I just scared Billy Piper off by like looking at her. Um, and then when I went out to the smoking area, she was there. Oh my God. And I was like, what do I do? Okay. I bet she gets really annoyed about people going up to her and being like, <laughs> because we want to, and bringing up her pop career from when she was <laughs> So I won't do that. She gets Doctor Who all the time. I know. I'll be cultural. I went up to her and I went, Billy, can I just say I loved you in the two-hander play The Effect at the National Theatre in London. And she was like, oh my God. Turned around and went, Lucy! She was with the girl who wrote The Effect at the National. So it was like, oh my God! (laughs) So she called her over and was like, this is Lucy Preble. She wrote The Effect at the National Theatre. I was like, well, this is weird. Why are you out? 
for my birthday, <gasps> for my <laughs> birthday, you're a Libra, I'm a Libra, had this whole chat. It was like, right place, right time. And then she was like, so what are you doing at the moment? And I was like, oh, I'm a performer. This is right as I started drag. I'm doing a show called Saucy Jack and the Space Vixens. You'll never have heard of it. I'm a drag character in that show. Lucy just went, I, I literally used to be the literary agent for the writers of Saucy Jack and the Space Vixen. It's such a niche musical. How did you hear about it? Like everything sort of came together. Oh my God. Like it was the weirdest thing ever. And just as she was like, so good to meet you. This man just walked past in the street and was like, I knew that girl who sang because we want to. And I was like, glad <laughs> <laughs> I didn't lead with that. Because oh she my God. It. Literally the best birthday ever. I literally just like spent it with like my friend Rosie, missed the entire show was like great and just like kicking back with Billy Piper having a great oh birthday. God. I would die. I love her so much. Honestly like as cliche as it sounds she was like so down to earth. She was like fully there just mm-hmm. like oh my god cool happy birthday just like having a chat. Wow. Best night of my life. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I I only watched so she was on Penny Dreadful and oh. I only watched that because she was in it like there are all sorts of big names in that show and I was like I don't care but Billy <laughs> Piper's in it so I need to watch this she's got weirdly she's got a new show out at the moment called I Hate Susie okay which was written by Lucy Preble who I met on that <laughs> infamous night where her character her character I think is an actress who used to be in like the most popular British sci-fi series, but has since moved hmm, on. And I'm sounds like, sounds familiar. Yeah, I wonder where you got that idea from. <laughs> it's come out of nowhere. <laughs> kind of like Lisa Kudrow's The Comeback, where it's like, I used to be on this really important sitcom that had yeah. happened to have like five friends that all lived in an apartment in New York. Don't know what that was about. <laughs> <laughs> it's subtle. It's subtle. It's high art. <laughs> mm. Meta. <laughs> yes, very meta. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I would not I would not be able to handle that. I don't think I have any celebrity encounters to like that are on par with that at all. Like I've met I've met Sutton Foster. Oh wow. Um and I've met Andrea Martin just because I went to see Young Frankenstein when it was in previews. Um, and waited at the stage door for like 45 minutes. I was like, oh, I need your autograph. Um, and same with Patti Lapone. When I was in London, I went and saw a company. Um, oh, wow. I didn't got Patty's signature. Oh, it was so good. Oh my it was God. so good. We got rush tickets, so it was only 30 pounds. And we were, I think, six rows back. Really? Yeah, so we were like right next to the stage. Oh, it was so good. Are you a big musical theater fan oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) annoyingly so (laughs) um have you heard of six the musical have i heard of six the musical (laughs) (laughs) it's only one of my favorite shows (laughs) i i i have another embarrassing story involving six the musical tell me i i love this tell me so do you remember at the start of lockdown there was this like everyone got house party the Mm -hmm. app where like people could just like randomly join rooms 
Yeah, it was a very strange app. <laughs> yeah. So my, um, I have another uh, little known drag friend. No one's heard of her called Vinegar Strokes. Hmm. Um, and she was in, she was in. Doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> no, never heard of her. Um, she was in Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Mm-hmm. And one of the girls who was in Jamie <laughs> moved into Six the Musical. Okay. So she took over the role of Anne Boleyn. And I was just very drunk on House Party one night. Saw Vinegar was in a room. Went into the room and was like, hello, it's me. Just fully not sober at all. Vinegar was like, hello, Tia. Like looking around the room and I was like, oh God, it's, okay, it's Amberlynn from Six the Musical. It's, I think, I think it's the guy who's just started the role of Evan, like dear Evan Hansen. Like I'm just fully in this like musical theater room that I've just like busted into out of nowhere. Fully drunk, was taken aback and everyone was like, are you okay? And for, <laughs> for no reason in my drunken ha- head, I just went, I'm a natural Anne of Cleves and left the room. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, fully, like, I should be cast in the role of Anne of Cleves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never look Courtney Bowman in the eye correctly again after <laughs> embarrassing myself like that. Oh my God. I I wish I had ever done something that iconic. <laughs> I think I was in drag, actually. I think I'd just done, I think I'd just done a, a quiz on Zoom or something. So I just turned up like slightly smeared lipstick. <laughs> Lipped my weave and exited the room. <laughs> And she was probably like taking a note of who that was to tell the casting yeah. director not to hire them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Can we make sure tickets to Six the Musical are no longer available to Tea Coffee, please? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Banned from the arts theatre. Well, it's just transferred to the lyric. Apparently, Six Ooh. the Musical is going to be the first uh, West End musical to reopen. <gasps> That's exciting. It makes yeah. sense because it's a very small cast, so it'd be less expensive to quarantine them. Absolutely. And it's a shorter show as well, so yeah, you're in there for less time. No sort of Yeah, interval. it was supposed to open on Broadway. I think it had just opened on Broadway when shutdown happened. And mm. so it got like a week or two and then nothing. <laughs> and now Broadway's not supposed to open till like sometime mid next year. Oh, and it's brutal as well, because I think for, I think the Tony, the dates for the Tony Awards shifted, and the cutoff mm-hmm. date, they changed it to just before, the day before Sixth Musical opened on Broadway, mm-hmm. which means it's not eligible for Best New Musical. And I'm not saying I'm obsessed with the show, but I am furious about the fact that it <laughs> will not be nominated in this cycle. I am not embarrassed at all to say that Six is one of my workout albums. <laughs> oh, perfect. Like, it just has so many good beats in it. And it's, it's, there's a lot of upbeat music and they're only like two slower songs and you can fast forward through those to get to the upbeat stuff again and just sit there lifting weights. <laughs> oh, I would agree with you if I ever did exercise. <laughs> I am the least fit person in the world. I mean... It, fitness is unnecessary <laughs> especially in quarantine but you can use the slower songs afterwards for like a warm down exactly like a gentle sort of stretch mm-hmm. 
Did you see the um, the video that they put out for Six that was the opening song with all of the casts? Oh my god, it was amazing. Yeah. I watched that like 500 times. <laughs> Literally obsessed with that. They had like some of the original recording people in it mm-hmm. from back in the day before it became big and the two crews cast as well. Mm-hmm. I am slightly nerdy about this show. It's oh, not it's, just up to it's, it's so good. Beautiful. I'm actually working. I've uh, one of the commissions I have right now is for a recreation of Catherine of Aragon's outfit. So I'm putting my own spin on it. <laughs> it's interesting. It's Would you yes. be willing to do a second one? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I'll DM you after this. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> if. Uh, if you were a queen in Six the Musical, who would you be? Oh, I would be, um, oh, oh, God. Um, Putting you on the spot. I mean, Anne of Cleves, of course, because Get Down is one of the best songs ever. But I also don't think a white woman should be <laughs> Anne of <Cleves. laughs> um, I honestly would have a lot of fun doing Anne Boleyn. Yeah. Um, which sounds cliched, but I'm just dumb and ditzy enough to pull <laughs> off that role. <laughs> And also, it's got good. You've proven your your comedy chops with loving the Vicar of Dipley. So that's fair. Yeah. Um, if I was go- if if I had to sing it live, I would choose the. I think I would choose Jane Seymour though, because Ooh, I love I love a good a good ballad and a good acting moment. Mm. Stand and deliver. You've got raw emotion and mm-hmm. a key change. Mm-hmm. Got you've got to love a key change. Absolutely. <laughs> big big in the Eurovision world. A little key change. I need to I need to catch up with the whole Eurovision thing because I've never seen it ever. <sighs> ever. I mean we're not we're not part of it, so we, we they don't broadcast it here. Well, we're not part of the Super Bowl and I've still watched that. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Honestly, because I lived in Nottingham at the time, and we had the, <laughs> the only Hooters in the UK at that time was in Nottingham. So me and my friends were like, "Let's go to Hooters." And watch How Hooters. random! Why would Hooters be in Nottingham? I don't know. Like just me, like taking my gay ass to a Hooters to watch the Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was strange. But you have to get into Eurovision. I feel like you'd love it. I, the, what's the name of the performer who did, oh shoot, there's a performer who got famous on Eurovision for singing, like she sings kind of this, I don't mean it mean, she, she sounds like a chicken clucking when she sings. Netta from Israel. Netta, yes, she just did, um, she just covered, covered, um, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. And. It's just her with like a looper and it's so incredibly good. It's Oh my god. Oh, it's so good. You have to watch it. Like I've never seen someone working so hard and having so much fun doing it and it's just it's brilliant. She she's a real icon. Like we love Netta. Oh yeah, she's Big great. <laughs> but you need to get it's not just Netta like if, if we didn't have Eurovision, <laughs> we wouldn't have ABBA. You wouldn't have Celine Dion. Oh, I didn't know she was from Eurovision. 
Celine Dion represented Switzerland and won the Eurovision Song Contest. That's Wait, what? Yeah. She's Canadian. She's French Canadian. It's, I think the rules are like the songwriters have to be from that country or something. But so like, it's like the Olympics where you can compete for any country as long as you like have some kind of visa with that country. Yeah, like ish connection. Her connection was I speak French. But like her song, <laughs> she won the whole contest. And look it up. That's literally where Celine came from. I will. I mean, that's that just sold it for me. Abba and Celine Dion. I'm I'm into Eurovision. <laughs> with Eurovision just gives birth to queer icons across, across Wait, the is that what they were referencing? This is a deep cut. Was that what they were referencing in that Doctor Who episode where they all like had to write songs to appease that like planet or sun god? Oh wait, do you mean Rick and Morty? No, <laughs> no, Rick and Morty did it too. But there was an episode of Doctor Who where they like had the little girls like had to like sing a song. Oh yeah, like, like, and then Clara saved it. the day by like giving it a leaf. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember, no, that was like, I don't really know what that was. That was a very <laughs> strange episode. I didn't get Eurovision, the Rick and Morty episode is like full Eurovision vibes. Okay. So like, that episode was, yeah, that was just weird. That was Stephen Moffat had stepped away, so no one knew what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally. It's a lovely song uh, from that episode, but. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think it was a, an alien Eurovision. Okay. <laughs> That'd be a good episode. We should write that. We should. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> We've also... Have you heard of Conchita Worst? Of course. Yes. Bearded Queen. She won Eurovision as well. Okay. Which is, For some reason, I thought she was on, like, The X Factor or something like that. I think maybe she was on, like, the Austrian version of The X Factor. And okay. She got on Eurovision. But, like... Got it. It's iconic. You've got to sit, you've got to watch it. And the new net Netflix film with Will Ferrell. <laughs> I, I will admit that one's on my list to watch. So. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like I had a full like Isn't that with Rachel McAdams? Yes. Like the most random pairing. The most I random pairing. Two people from Iceland entering Eurovision. <laughs> it's great. Oh God, um, have you ever been to the US? I actually haven't. Well, we gotta, we gotta make that happen. I'll, one day, I'll fly over. It's um, all, yeah, I've a slight, slight fear of flying. So I've been avoiding it. But... I mean, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's quite I hate flight. flying. I like being in different places, but I hate flying, especially airports. I can't stand them. It's too much. But apparently like once, it's such a long flight that once you're in the air, you sort of forget about it. No. <laughs> uh, no, just crippling I mean, anxiety the whole way. <laughs> I, I will say New York to London isn't bad because it's only, it's like five or six hours. And so you can just like watch a couple of movies and be fine. Okay. Um, but the last time I flew to London, I'd been in Seattle. And so we flew from Seattle to San Francisco and then San Francisco to London. Mm. And that is an 11 hour flight. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and 
I have to say, like the last hour and a half of it, I was like in the cold sweats. I was panicking. They like had to bring me a water bottle and they were like, here, just take it. It's okay. We just need you to be fine. And I was just like, I just, I'm getting claustrophobic. Like it was, it was not good. Oh my goodness. So don't do anything that long, but like London to New York, super easy. Oh, okay. I'll try it. I've I've always had a fear of heights, but like my fear of flying literally came from a really short flight. It was an internal flight, but it was the one time I've ever been to Nigeria, where my mother's from, age 10. We got on an internal flight and I swear the plane was made of tin cans or something. <laughs> like the whole time I was like, this is this window's gonna fall out. Like it's shake like fully like 10-year-old me being like this is made of cardboard. I can't take it. I mean, like, that's completely like, fair. I would be scared of that too. Literally, it was just like a little ditty sort of plane. It was the worst thing ever. But um, these like long haul flights, they're more robust. So I think mm-hmm. we can feel a little bit more, more safe. Well, the last flight I took was during quarantine and it was like near the beginning of it from London to New York. And... So it was really, really cheap because no one was flying. So they were just like desperate to get people on planes. Mm. Um, so I think it was like a hundred bucks for the flight. Oh, wow. And then they not only gave, it wasn't just like, okay, it's just you in this three seat row. Mm-hmm. It was the entire row across the plane. And then you generally had a row in between you and the person in front of you. So you had so much room. I just, oh like, God. I put up the armrests. I, like, <laughs> sat to the side, watched the movies. They brought us, like, extra snacks and extra drinks. Like, it was the best flight I've ever taken in my life. Literally, I'd have been, like, setting up, like, my bag of Maltesers here. My, like, <laughs> over there. Well, and my bag was, like, 15 pounds overweight. And they were, like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no one cares. So, fine. <laughs> oh yeah, walking walking into um oh shoot, which airport was that? That wasn't that was um uh what's the airport that's in south of London, south of Croydon? Um Heathrow, Stansted. Mm-mm. Um uh, Gatwick. <laughs> Gatwick, thank you. Okay. <laughs> you can tell how much I fly. You're like yeah. <laughs> What's the name of this airport in your hometown? <laughs> no idea. No, it was Gatwick. It was so weird walking in. I have pictures of it because I was so just taken aback. Walking in and there being no one. Oh my God. Like there was, they only had one check-in desk open and there were like two security guards walking around and that was it. That's mad. It was so weird. It was That's like... Cool. It was like walking onto like satellite five and having all of the things going on. You're you're the only person. <laughs> it was right. the weirdest thing. Thank you. Fully <laughs> like a walking dead type scenario. Yeah, it was so strange. Oh my I'm glad that's kind of I I will say as little as I want people out on the streets and out of their homes, it's very nice to not walk outside and have it be dead (laughs) yeah like that was a little trippy and scary 
Yeah, I we've we've we really relaxed the rules over here, but now they're creeping back in a little bit. We've had some local lockdowns, and now we've got mm. sort of you can only have six people in your household. The new rule of six, or mm. as I like the rule of six reference. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's starting to creep back. So I think everyone just needs to take it seriously, live your life, but take care of yourself and each other. Absolutely. Quote Jerry Springer for some reason. It's <laughs> what you used to say at the end of every episode. I don't know where that came from. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that's a good place to leave this episode, actually. Um, where, where can people find you online? Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at Tia Coffee. That's T-I-A-K-O-F-I. Um, I, I don't have an OnlyFans yet, but if the things <laughs> aren't coming back in, then no one would subscribe to that anyway. So <laughs> suggested that. Um, you can find me at home, um, subscribing to the rules of uh, the local lockdowns and rule of six. Uh, just literally find me in my bedroom watching Netflix. Perfect. Um, probably re-watching that episode of Rick and Morty, you've really got it into my head now. <laughs> Perfect, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. And if people randomly wanted to tip you, how would they do that? Oh my goodness, I honestly can't even remember because I haven't done a digital drag show. Um, I am, is it PayPal? PayPal.me slash Tia Coffee. Okay. T-I-A-K-F-I. That's that lack of British tipping culture coming back in. Like, mm-hmm. not that that exists. Um, <laughs> an option yeah perfect and if you want to tip us or find us online you can always find that information in the description box hopefully you're already subscribed please make sure that when you listen to episodes to download them first otherwise it doesn't show up in the algorithm um and leave a review and all that fun stuff follow us on instagram and leave a note when you leave a review and i will read it on the podcast i'm still waiting for someone to do that make it funny make it crazy do whatever you want and i will read it oh, i'll do that <laughs> so you have to read it next time yeah. perfect thank you <laughs> uh, thank you so much for for sitting down with me today it was nice to catch up with you no thank you for having me it's been nice to to sort of like chat to you properly and mm-hmm. um see a face that is uh someone that i don't live with right anyway that's that's it for this thank you so much and we'll see you all later bye 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 her custom control oh no and my (laughs) i can't even stop recording because my my mouse died (laughs) welcome back to (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah but Thank you for listening to Yeah But with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time.
guy.